How many would have thought that Manchester United only secured their first win in the third game at the UEFA Champions League? Also, how many would anticipate that it was Andre Onana's key performance that sealed the deal for the Red Devils? Meanwhile, Borussia Dortmund taught Newcastle United a hard lesson at St James Park on how difficult it is to become a dark horse in Europe's top club football tournament. Welcome back to CGTN Sports Talk. I am your host Li Xiang, and I'm glad to be joined by my colleague Josh here. Great to be back. So, like you said before we started, things were finally back to normal in the Champions League. Yeah, this is one of those games where I mean, one of these fixture weeks where you look at the list, and every time you look at, you see big teams, small teams, mid-sized teams all playing each other, and you wonder who's going to be the dark horse, who's going to be the upset. And remember, last time out we had that massive, massive victory yeah. for Newcastle United over PSG. Unfortunately, at some point, balance has to be paid, karma comes back, and this week was just the big clubs imposing themselves on the smaller clubs. But that being said, it wasn't particularly easy. No. Like, for example, you mentioned the Manchester United game against Copenhagen. Mm -hmm. Copenhagen came to Old Trafford and had absolutely no fear in them whatsoever. Mm -hmm. I guess they saw what Galatasaray did, like I say, we mentioned about the upsets from the last time around. Mm -hmm. So... They are in this position where they come out and just storm the gates immediately. They have a great chance for five minutes in. And from there, they basically bossed that first half. They had all the energy, had all the attacking. A lot of the players are guys who I've never really heard of before. Clayson, uh, uh, Laraja, Gonsalves. This like, attacking like midfield three with Klassen up front as the captain. Constantly pushing forward, constantly attacking against United and what they had. And the main reason they could do that, I think, was Amrabat, who started the game. And to be honest, I've never been impressed by him. Mm-hmm. And then I guess Ten Hag wasn't either because he took him off a half time, yeah. replaced him with Christian Eriksen, and that totally revived their game. And it's one of those things where if um, Copenhagen were a little bit more clinical, mm-hmm. I think they could have taken an early lead and then leveraged that. Whereas the addition of Eriksen and the time running out plus the fact that if they got no points, they would just be completely out of the tournament. Yeah. Um, plus, of course, uh, the tribute to Sir Bobby Charlton that they did beforehand, it felt almost invigorated, like, okay, it's now or never. And they came out and they really performed. And then uh, out of nowhere, Harry Maguire gets that mm-hmm. goal in the 77th minute. He's one of those guys who, you know, what more do we need to say about him? He's trusted by Gareth Southgate, yeah. but basically nobody else. Yeah, he started this game wasn't particularly impressive didn't really do anything throughout but with the right t- right space right time right movement he got the goal and then in the 94th minute there was that penalty mm-hmm. and it was awful uh jordan larson i believe it was he came on towards the second half wasn't very convincing anyway very much a late substitute who knew basically he's a substitute who felt like he was playing as if he knew he wasn't good enough to be a starter mm-hmm. i don't know why he took that penalty Stutter step up, Onana just stared him down. He went like mid-height right for the keeper to save it. And then Onana got the save. And for me, that was the, not the save, but the response to it kind of spoke more volumes than the rest of the game because this was a massive three points for United. Yeah, And that win, when he got that penalty save, it wasn't like they were celebrating a win. It was celebrating relief. Like we finally did it. We finally got on the board three points. It's a pretty tight group with Galatasaray just ahead of them. They are still alive, theoretically, there or thereabouts Mm -hmm. in the the competition. But the way the players went over and grabbed Onana, the way Hannibal and the uh, subs were 
celebrating on the side. That wasn't a raw of victory, a raw no. of a confident team. Yeah. That was we survived this by the skin of our teeth. That's the first half down. We got three more games to go. True. Uh, did you notice, or there were comments saying that before the penalty was shot, there were United players trampling yeah. that spot? Do you think that yeah. actually had? An so impact? I saw that. I think it was Alejandro Garnacho. Mm-hmm. While everyone was over the other side with the referee, kind of debating it, he was there stamping on it and kind of doing it. I don't really know if that makes much of a difference or not because the penalty it didn't look like it was bobbling or yeah. whatever as it was kicked. It was just a poor penalty, but still, again. It's United doing that to Copenhagen. That's like that's the thing you do if you're desperate. Mm-hmm. You know, you're one nil you're one nil up against a mediocre side. You shouldn't be that afraid. And yet, not only were they, the fact they gave away that penalty in the ninety fourth minute, with Scott McTominay basically kicking over his head, mm-hmm. it's very lucky he wasn't sent off. It wouldn't probably would have made much of a difference, but still it shows how rattled they were in those final stages, which makes me think that when they go to Copenhagen I don't even know what what the name of the stadium is. Probably the Carlsberg or something. Probably not a fortress or True. cauldron. But if they don't get anything, not even a single point, it's over. So the so even though they got these three points now, like I say, it was relief rather than victory. Mm-hmm. And I don't see much coming forward from That's them. That's true. I mean, the irony was that in the first two games that United lost, they scored three goals against mm-hmm. Bayern. They lost. They scored. I remember two goals against yep. Galatasaray. They lost in this one. Maybe it's finally what Eric Tenghag, Eric Tenghag wanted. Like we got our defense first. We mm-hmm. didn't allow any goal, and then we can think about winning. I'm not saying like they did it on purpose by pulling everyone back and saying solidifying defense. It's mm-hmm. more like we're running out of talents. Yeah. I mean, I think Eriksson is a very great playmaker, but they kept him on the bench until the second half. It was Harry Maguire, a a defender still, though a lot of people don't trust him, a defender. It was the goalie who actually saved the team. So everything came to defense. This should have been, if it was other club we're talking about, it would say, this is where they start over. This is where they start on back onto the right track. But it's united. It's like you always expect something more. I mean, than, yeah. That that's it. It was Anthony and Rashford as the wingers, mm-hmm. and completely anonymous throughout. Like, yeah. it's one of those things where I've been really impressed by Rasmus Hoyland every time I've seen him. Mm-hmm. But at times, it feels like he's playing on an island out there because Bruno Fernandes is great when he gets the time. But he's, I mean, actually, we're going back to what we've said a million times here. It's individual players who, yeah. if they can do a moment of brilliance, that's great. So if Hoyland gets the ball with time and with a bit of space, he can do great things with it. But without Rashford over to his left so mm-hmm. providing support, Fernandes playing the ball through, even with talking about how uh, McTominay and Amrabat were working in, in midfield, yes, it's kind of a holding midfield duo, not attempting too much forward motion. But Amrabat was just doing nothing. He was, yes, holding up play when it was necessary, but not doing anything otherwise. Mm-hmm. And McTominay... He's one of these players where we've seen time and time again, he is possible of brilliance, yeah. but otherwise he's he's nothing. So it's one of those performances where, like you say, all everything good came from these individual players mm-hmm. who are not meant to be making those individual yeah. great performances. And that's going to be a massive problem, not just going forward in the Champions League. This Sunday, it's the Manchester derby. Mm-hmm. So. I mean, they have a lot of things to come, and this is just death penalty postponed, not cancelled at all. Yeah, that's it. Like, you know, it's three points in a group where I think Galatasaray only on four ahead of them. Like, it is still possible to go through, but, you know, you have to play Copenhagen again, this time away. Just about struggled with them this time. 
lost to um, uh, Galatasaray yeah. last time. Going over there to that arena is always tricky. Mm-hmm. And then Bayern Munich, Bayern Munich, who are all... Re- like, the Bayern Munich game, I almost think they're praying for them to be, like, so far ahead. Exactly. It's like, the last game. Don't go full power B team, yeah. yeah, exactly. If they don't get that, if they don't get success in Copenhagen, and if Galatasaray is calm for a change... Mm-hmm. They may still get through, but it's going to be very, very difficult. Yeah, I think they will probably saying say in two months they will mm. be saying, at least we got this win that sent us to the Europa, Europa League, League instead yeah. of sending us home. And even then, the Europa League is nothing to mm. you know. These days, it's got players teams like Liverpool in it, so exactly, it's much better than it was in the past. And they knew their last season. Yeah. yeah, well, that's it. When they won it that time, that was like what twenty fifteen when Mourinho when was Mourinho there. was there, and they fired him after he won that trophy. Mm-hmm. They knew then that was probably the weakest the Europa League has been because now it has so many big teams in yeah. it. So it isn't like a case of like, oh, we'll go to that and we'll win. It's you're struggling either way. That's true. So the other United that lost, Newcastle United, it was still mm. one goal loss. I got to say, I'm not trying to defend them, but uh, Eddie Howe, after mm-hmm. the game, he said, we met, lacked a lot of key players. Like, does that have a lot? Is that does that make their loss a fair not really. It's it's one of those weird situations where like he's saying this, but like Isaac started and he just didn't perform. Mm. Sandro Tonali came on, he didn't really perform, but he's probably going to be banned from football for at least a year. Yeah. You know the the report is I think they say ten months is the lowest he can get. Mm-hmm. So this is probably going to be his last game for a while. The weather in Newcastle is never particularly nice, but it was really heavy rain. Mm -hmm. And you could see when they were playing, it was like the ball was just going super, super fast. And don't get me wrong, I'm not using that as an excuse, but when you have a young team like Borussia Dortmund, whose whole thing is we'll move the ball as quickly as we can, get it to players like uh, Fulkrug, who is now basically Germany's number one striker, having moved here from Werder Bremen. Mm-hmm. Um, you have Enmecha, who scored the goal, who I believe was a United United player or was in discussions for it. It's this young, exciting team that's constantly pushing forward. The conditions were right for that. The thing which I wonder is, we saw what they can do against PSG. Yeah. Yes, they got a draw against Milan, but still, we know what they can do. They're doing really well in the league as well. Here... Yeah. It just felt like uh, Joel Inton and Longstaff were just unable to do anything, whereas uh, Marcel Sabater and Emery Chan were just bossing that midfield, constantly getting motion, constantly getting attacking, uh, again, the ball attacking forward. And it almost felt like Newcastle had no response for it. And the thing which I was wondering is, last time I mentioned that the crowd was so amped up for the PSG game that it rattled PSG and it gave... Players like Anthony Gordon, like they get a tackle and they get up and they be, you know, to the crowd. Like Dan Byrne, everything he did, he celebrated like it was a goal. This time with the heavy rain, the crowd was silent. It almost felt as if they would like lost beforehand mm-hmm. and then were just one step behind all the way through. Simply couldn't do it. Yes, they did have at least two solid penalty shouts, which did mm-hmm. not go their way. And yes, in the final moments, off the bar twice, both times off like skittered shots that could have reasonably gone anywhere. But we look at what they've been able to do before. We look at Dortmund struggling in Europe yeah. recently. I think this is a bad sign for Eddie Howe. Mm-hmm. To me, I think this is like a, an early warning or alert to Newcastle because you had a big win over PSG, but mm. PSG are not really the best opponent for you to judge or to read your performance. Say yeah. 
It's like a really nice car, PSG, with the powerful engine killing Mbappe, but with lousy tires, really crappy uh, wheel. A lot mm. of things are just not going right for Dortmund. It's a good car, but it's not in the fancy club, but mm. it's very solid. You play against them, you need to out-talent them, like what PSG did, actually. Yeah. If you don't have that kind of talents, because like we said before, Newcastle are not trying to be PSG. They're trying to be Man City. Mm -hmm. So they're trying to get good players, but expensive. They're not trying to burn money. That's why now they have a very great, maybe very good lineup, but it's not very, it's not top talented. Mm. Maybe that's why they lost to Bob Dortmund. Like, well, the thing is, is it seems like maybe more a case of they don't have a plan B mm -hmm. because when Alexander Isak is just not scoring goals. Yeah. The rest of the team doesn't seem to be able to fill in. Miguel Almiron, after he had that penalty shout early on, it's like he never got back into the game properly. Uh, Anthony Gordon had a lot of good chances, but again, it's one of those things where you look at a young guy like that, when they scuff a chance and then they miss a chance, they get too focused on it and mm -hmm. they can't pull the trigger properly. And that's when you need to start working on other options, maybe sub him out, maybe have him, I don't know, drop back further. Something changed his style of play. But Eddie Howe had a plan A and he just stuck with it all the way through. Yeah. And you mentioned about the type of players they have. With Borussia Dortmund, you have like Marco Royce, Emery Chan, Mats Hummels. These names have been around for so long. Mm -hmm. And that's like one person per attacking phase, defensive phase of the pitch. So you always have someone who's like a veteran who can kind of figure things out and negotiate with other players, move the ball in a way that if they are struggling, like for example, with Mats Hummels, he was fantastic working with Schlotterbeck to close down Alexander Isak. Mm-hmm. Eddie Howe probably should have said, okay, well, if they're closing down through the middle really well, let's go wide, let's try pullbacks, things like that. But then when they started, um, then with like um, Anthony Gordon, mm -hmm. when he was having his chances, he was pretty good Hummels moving across with Wolf and closing things down there. So you have a team that was able to react against a team that was just butting against a brick wall. And going back to just the vibe of the place, maybe that's fairly unscientific to say but i'm almost looking at this as if they took that psg win as like a solitary proof yes we're good enough yes we can win rather than remembering well it's a group stage of six games the real giants as we've seen by munich haven't dropped a point mm -hmm. uh, real madrid haven't dropped a point barcelona haven't dropped a point because they just consistently go out knowing full well the real victories have to come in the knockout stages so i feel like this is I've seen it repeatedly in the media referred to as a reality check or wake-up call. I don't want to go that far with it, but having only a win over PSG and a draw with AC Milan, there's a lot of work left for Eddie Howe. That's true. I think, like you said, Newcastle now are more like into a stage where they should see their problems are maybe you need a more, say, resourceful manager mm. who has a plan B or even plan C. And also, you have your structure, very young structure, but maybe you now need some experienced veterans like yeah. Royce or Emery Chan to be the connection of the whole lineup and mm. to improvise when your manager can't do the job. Yeah, because that's it. Like, I'm looking at this team, and I don't necessarily know who the oldest is, mm -hmm. but you look at that front three, Anthony Gordon... Alexander Isak and Miguel Almiron, that's two guys in Gordon and Isak who are like 20, 22. Yeah. So it's a very, very young team. And to be fair, that's what Eddie Howe is known for. He's great at molding young players. And, you know, as a blue, seeing Anthony Gordon leave and going here, compared to what he was doing under Frank Lampard, Eddie Howe, it's night mm -hmm. and day. Fair enough, I understand. 
but there does need to be like better leadership here like Nick Pope, he wasn't the captain, it was Lascelles. But still, Pope, with all his saves, kind of kept that game alive. Mm-hmm. And also, he was kind of leading from the back. But you can't really have a captain who's a goalkeeper because yeah. he has to be in the one place the entire game. He can't really affect it so well. So it does seem like it's the kind of team where when they are young and aggressive and youthful like that, they can go really far. Mm-hmm. But against like a craftier team with the veterans, like I mentioned... Well, that sets up for Mecha, who can run in behind and mm-hmm. do everything else because he's already had Emery Chan telling him, here's the channels. Yeah. So that is, I think, what Newcastle will need, not just for the Champions League, but for the Premier League as well. So, like you said, other, say, strong teams, they won, but in a very difficult way, like mm-hmm. Bayern Munich or Arsenal. Any quick comments on those? The Bayern Munich game was... I, the Bayern Munich game makes me think that... Um, Galatasaray are going to be the upsetters of this group. Could be. And if they don't get through, I think there'll be a problem in the Europa League because mm-hmm. they started off incredibly well. And if Bayern didn't get that early goal, I don't know what they would have done because they got the early goal, then Galatasaray get the penalty, yeah. which they get with a Panenka. And then I think it was from then, like nothing happened to like the 75th, 80th minute, mm-hmm. I think it was. And then obviously Harry Kane is genius. Yeah got that goal. I mean, it was fantastic. He kind of, I don't know if it was intentional or not, but he kind of backheeled it. So it bounced off a defender and then he had a much better shot. Mm-hmm. And when you have s- single individual talent like that, I mean, he even, he even assisted on the uh, final goal to make mm-hmm. a 3-1. When you have talent like that, you can get the points. You don't need to worry about the form now, but if they're struggling against a team like Galatasaray, that's a really bad sign going yeah. forward. Um, then you have Arsenal versus Sevilla mm-hmm. where you kind of, in fact, with Arsenal versus Sevilla and um, Barcelona versus Shakhtar Donetsk, mm. I felt like I was seeing the exact same thing where a good team gets a 2-0 lead and then they leave so much space behind that the lesser team, I mean, Sevilla's still a great team, but it's not Arsenal. No. They get that um, goal in the start of the second half with uh, Nemanja, Nemanja Gudeli. Mm-hmm. And then with Barcelona, it was uh, Sudakov in the second half both in fact around the same time 58 minutes for the Arsenal game 62 for the um, Barcelona game in both of those games I'm seeing these talented teams almost play I wouldn't go as far as saying it's ego mm-hmm. but they it looks to me like they're closing feel like they've closed down games way too early yeah. and they're leaving too much space like in both times it was 2-0 up going to half time and it is famously difficult to keep energy across that half time gap mm-hmm but in both cases, 2-0 is not a big enough window. No. And it makes me think that the gap in quality is good enough that they'll get through the group stage. But if they keep playing like this for both Barcelona and Arsenal, that's a bad sign. That's true. So the wins this week for strong teams in Champions League, it's a win. It's a relief. It's yeah. also a waking up that's, call. That's it. Yeah. If there's a general theme, it's like on paper, business as usual. But in the intangibles... There's a lot of strength that could come up and bite them in the back if they aren't careful. That's true. And I think that's all for today. Thank you for listening. Hopefully we'll be hearing from you guys very soon next week. See ya. Speak to you then. Bye-bye.